Welcome to another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg. Yes, welcome, welcome. Today we will be talking about uh, Winter Solstice Part 1, The Spirit World. It is the seventh episode of Book 1, Water of Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, I am joined, as always, by our co-host, Jeff Miller. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. How are you, John? Very, very good. And uh, our newest member of uh, Team Boys in the Iceberg, Amber Liu. How are you, Amber? Hello. I'm good. Thank you for uh, allowing a girl into the iceberg. Absolutely. Uh, the, the boy is really a play on the title of the first episode. It is not a gender requirement or anything like that. Um, a quick uh, note on uh, Teddy Han. He has had to uh, take a leave from the podcast to uh, tend to some family matters. We wish everyone the best health. And uh, and Teddy, if you're listening, there's always room for you back in this Boys in the Iceberg world whenever you are ready. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, you, yes, stay strong. Love the, you, the, Teddy. Yeah. Absolutely. And in the meantime, the podcast moves on. So uh, Winter Solstice, part one, the spirit world. Um, in this episode, Team Avatar reaches an Earth Kingdom village which is being attacked on a nightly basis by a monstrous spirit called Haibai. When Aang attempts to reason with the spirit, it kidnaps Sokka, prompting Aang to go after him. Aang accidentally ends up in the spirit world where he is told that his previous incarnation, Avatar Roku, has a message for him. Returning, Aang proceeds to calm the attacking beast, restoring peace to the village village. Meanwhile, Iroh is captured by the Earth Kingdom, which seeks to have him prosecuted for past war crimes. This causes Zuko to briefly cease his pursuit of the Avatar and free his uncle from his captors. Yes. Big episode. Uh, a lot of mm -hmm. development for Iroh and the spirit world and the show in general. Uh, yeah. let, let's take it from the top. So, uh, <clears throat> at the start, you know, the group arrives at an Earth Kingdom forest. Uh, seeing what looks like a huge black scar in the middle of the woods. Uh, they land only to find out that it was burned down by Fire Nation soldiers. Aang feels guilty and blames himself for the incident, stating that it is the Avatar's duty to protect nature. However, Katara assures him that the forest will grow back and shows him the abundance of acorns scattered on the ground. The party is startled when an old man comes asking the Avatar for his help. He leads them to Senlin Village, where many of the buildings are in ruins, and Aang learns that it is being terrorized by a spirit known as Heibai. The villagers ask Aang for his help, and he agrees to help, although he is very much skeptical of what he can actually do to save the village. Whew! Lots to wow. uh, unpack there. Um, let's start with um, this image. Yeah, uh, go, go ahead, Amber. Well, just to know, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but Heibai in... Uh, Mandarin Chinese, Hei means black and Bai means white. So I don't know if that, the monster is supposed to be black, black and white. Um, exactly. Most certainly is <laughs> a black and white. Great uh, catch. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have gotten that without that's you. That's really cool. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's got like some eerie Miyazaki kind of vibe, this spirit. He definitely is black and white. And, uh, and, and we will get more into the spirit very soon. But first, just as they arrive in this village, I, um, what, what, what better representation of the scar of the Fire Nation than just the wiping out of a forest? It, it's, uh, yeah, I was going to say it's, it's, it's a perfect metaphor. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, the Fire Nation has left a scar on the world. Oh, yeah. And this is just that, 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 that perfect 
empowerment. I actually want to go a little bit before that. Sure. I just thought Aang's opening bit, jumping out, like, first of all, I thought that was a really cool way of, like, a new cloud surfing. Mm, um, yeah. But I think that the, the, the acorn itself is also a good metaphor. Mm. It's, it's a reminder of the truth behind the Avatar cycle, which we learned briefly we'll get more into in the future, but in order for the Avatar cycle to continue, in order for life to move on, there has to be death. Mm-hmm. And in order for the, you know, so, so with death comes new life, with the death of this forest comes the acorn and the hope for the future. Definitely. Which I thought was a really touch. I think um, something else interesting about the burnt forest is kind of the scorched earth type of um, idea. And it kind of reminds me of um, a little bit when in Game of Thrones, when the, you know, Daenerys burns down towns and it's kind of like that absolute power um that they have to kind of just destroy the earth and uh just you know not how do i put this just going for their own um they'd rather destroy things than to just keep it there and maybe use it in a different way i think it just shows the the value on power and domination yeah and the uh just the cruelty and then the, the need to terrorize that uh, the, some of these uh, that, you know, the fire nations of the world feel. Um, I thought it was very telling that Aang is, uh, you know, he feels guilty at the sight of this uh, scarred forest, if you will. He realizes this is not just his job to protect the people of the earth, but to protect the earth itself. That is mm-hmm. part and parcel what uh, the Avatar's duty is. Yes. Uh, this, yeah finding out the spiritual aspect of the avatar is really coming in here. Mm-hmm. Big. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, moving on. Uh, while, uh, you know, this is all happening with the gang, uh, Iroh's relaxing in a self-heated pool of water uh, that he's turned into his own personal jacuzzi. The, probably the best use of firebending that there is, I think. Um, But uh, Zuko, you know, he's becoming impatient. He's demanding that his uncle get ready to leave right away so that they can continue their search for the Avatar. Iroh agrees, but when he stands up, he reveals his naked body. Zuko, disgusted, shields his eyes and tells his uncle that he can take a few more minutes, though warns him that if he is not ready within a half hour, he will be left behind. Iroh slumps back into the pool and quickly falls asleep. Iroh. I mean, that is just some classic Iroh there. (laughs) I, I, I found it really cool that both, you know, first of all, this is finally like we're done with the fillers. We're back to mm-hmm. A story and B story. Mm-hmm. And they both start very similar. You know, these parallels. Team Avatar starts out, they're, they're both in very chilled, relaxed, and comfortable environments. Team Avatar has this kind of magical, comfy cloud swept, you know, nirvana that they're flying through. And then we cut to Zuko and Iroh, and they're in this really comfy hot springs. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a nice little reset for both things because we know that we're yeah. going into some intense territory down the road. Yeah, and again, I touched on it, but this whole business of firebending, um, it's the first time we see it as a non-destructive force. Like, like fire is a yeah. useful... Uh, property in nature and the world. It's, it's how we eat food and how we are, you know, meat and a lot of why we evolved. Right. Um, 
but but uh, so so it's not just evil. It's not just a weapon of destruction. It is a tool, and in the right hands, it can be used as up to create a pleasant jacuzzi in the, in, the, in the wiles of nature. Absolutely. I think it shows. You know, it's not that firebenders or anything are innately evil. Um, and fire is not an evil element just because it is capable of so much destruction. It's more about the corruption um, of the people who are organizing how they're using this fire as a weapon and um, using it to destroy when it really can't, you know, human, mankind, we, I think fire was one of the first steps in us evolving into the societies, you know, the whatever human history. And so... Um, I think that's a great point that we're seeing, okay, this isn't just these bad fire people who just love to fire things up and, you know, destroy. It's also something that has uses that can be helpful and peaceful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how about the, uh, you see Iroh stand up naked and you get Zuko. a little comic relief in it's there. It's a nice comedy. Yeah. yeah. I get, that, that's good. Yeah. For, you know, for a man he's relaxed. Yeah. He's relaxed, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was He works out. He works out and we will see him work out a lot more later on. So, um, yeah. we do so Iro gets relaxing, all right? What else does Iro do? And uh, okay, he falls asleep despite the 30-minute uh, warning from Zuko and uh, he's awoken sometime later by the sound of a meadow vole, a nice cute creature, as uh, Avatar world is full of. Uh, and he's initially thinking it to be an ambush, but he uh, overcomes his disorientation. He notices the sound came from the meadow vole and relaxes again. He gently takes the creature into his hand and begins talking to it. Iroh realizes he has missed Zuko's time limit, but does not seem to care, saying that he had a very sweet nap. However, Earth Kingdom soldiers suddenly ambush him, recognizing his position as a former Fire Nation general. Um, you can, you know, you can doze off, but you can't hide when you're in enemy territory. <laughs> well, some, something else I found interesting about that is the um, difference between Zuko and Uncle Iroh. Mm -hmm. And... You know, Zuko's this young guy. He's really trying to prove himself, and he's kind of in a rush. He's like, let's get this done. Let's go. Let's go. Um, whereas Uncle Iroh is more, you know what? I, I, I'm not in a rush. Things are going to happen whether or not, you know, I'm just going to chill mm -hmm. and relax. And that different type of mindset of um, the two personalities and how they, even though they're, they're very close, and uh, Iroh, you know, mentors Zuko, but it just kind of shows the, like, a young whippersnapper who's, you know, and he, he doesn't really, there's a lot he doesn't understand. And then Iroh, who's, like, not really in a rush. And I think we could all learn something from, from that. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's a good hint for the future. You know, they've been kind of feeding us little breadcrumbs about how emotionally and spiritually in tune with himself and the world Iroh is. And he's, you know, he's seen a lot, he's experienced a lot, and he can kind of weigh everything out and has a balance for it. And we're going to find out later in the episode that there's a lot more to that than meets the eye. Mm. Um, and I also think it's, well, I, well I'll, I'll wait to make the, the, the parallel until we hear more about the episode. But again, this is a great sense of creating this absolute parallel throughout the episode of the Zuko 
Iroh storyline and the Team Avatar storyline, which we'll talk about soon. But. Definitely, because elsewhere in the village, it's sunset, and Team Avatar is going out to confront the spirit. Aang waits for the spirit's appearance, but begins to walk away when it fails to appear. As he has his back to the forest, the massive form of the spirit appears behind him. Aang tries to talk to the spirit, but it ignores him and goes about destroying houses with huge energy blasts emitted from its mouth. Sokka runs out to help Aang, but is captured and taken away by the spirit. Aang, while chasing after Sokka and the spirit, finds himself unexpectedly in the spirit world. Um, so yeah, how about, how about Aang's innocence when he's first confronting the spirit? Like, hey, guy, go away. I'm the Avatar. That's all I need to do. Uh, <laughs> Spins not, his stick and slams it down. and he not, thinks Not that's so it. easy, Aang, yeah. Um, yeah, I found it um, interesting, too, that Aang is, um, you know, as Avatar, has that special, unique position to connect to the spirit world. And I think the villagers were saying, like, oh, just a couple days ago or a few days ago, this, um, you know, spirit monster appeared. And I was thinking how the timing uh, worked out really well since Aang was in an iceberg for, like, 100 years. So it's like, mm -hmm. good thing he, you know, like, because what would they do otherwise if he was still in the iceberg? Yeah. Um, and clearly, uh, the spirit world has an impact on the physical world, as we see the destruction going on in the village. Uh, yeah. And the, the ability to even kidnap Zuko. I mean, we're, we're just learning the rules of the spirit versus uh, physical. Right. Zaka. Uh, spirit versus uh, physical world. It's... Uh, yeah, I will say it's... Well, well, yeah, I mean, first of all, just... The idea of a spirit kidnapping is really cool. Mm -hmm. But again, with the parallels, you know, the episode started, both, both sets were having a good time, were very relaxed, and then something really dark happened. For Team Avatar, it was the discovery of the Scorched Forest. For Team Zuko, it was the discovery of naked Uncle Iroh. Yeah. Then later on, you get a perceived threat, then a false sense of assurance, then out of nowhere, a real threat comes. For Team Avatar, it was, you know, you have this terrible spirit coming, and then you think the Avatar being there to stop him is okay, and he could talk, and then all of a sudden, Sokka gets taken. For Team Zuko, you had the false sense of, oh my God, someone's coming. No, it's not. It's this innocent animal. Oh my God, no, somebody is coming, and I'm kidnapped. Um, and how uh, it's also interesting that we're seeing with the Fire Nation non-firebenders are the threat um, and all they want to do is peaceably enjoy themselves and be one with nature. Mm -hmm. Conversely, in Team Avatar, they just want to be peacefully conversing and living amongst nature and it's the Fire Nation that's creating the, cause, the, the chaos by burning up the forest. Indeed. So it's this cool kind of parallel but also reverse with mm -hmm. both stories throughout this whole thing, which is just really well done. Yeah, and how about this uh, notion that Aang, again, is still uh, ignorant of the spirit world. He, uh, he's yeah. just chasing a spirit in the wood, thinking if he can catch it, uh, he'll have Sokka back. But no, he actually uh, collides with this uh, bear statue, uh, which is seen in the center of this uh, burnt, scorched-out field to, uh, to finally, like, I don't know, get zonked on the head to enter the spirit world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something I, I really um, admired and enjoyed is this, you know, he's a kid and sometimes you forget that because he's the avatar and he has this title and position of, 
you know, superiority and um, above like regular humans. And you, you just take for granted like, oh, well, he's Avatar. He, he knows how to deal with this. And it's like, no, he's actually a kid. He doesn't really know what the heck is going on. And um, despite that, he doesn't let it stop him. He doesn't let his lack of knowledge or um, like he's going in blind and he's, he's okay doing it. And I, I think that's a great lesson for viewers um, of any age to see you don't always have to be a hundred percent prepared or know um, what to do in a situation and that shouldn't stop you from going for it still and Definitely. just figuring it out exactly no one's gonna have all the answers at the start you just have to move right. in the right direction excellent 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 uh, so meanwhile uh, Zuko comes uh, to the spot where he last saw Iroh with two soldiers and finds that the pool of water in which Iroh rested earlier has a landslide-like formation. And from that, he deduces that Iroh has been captured by earthbenders. Uh, determined to find his uncle's attackers, Zuko sets out to find his uncle. Meanwhile, the Earth Kingdom soldiers traveling with Iroh, chained up on ostrich horses, uh, want to bring him back to Ba Sing Se. Uh, the place to which he laid siege for 600 days before his departure. Iroh acknowledges his defeat, stating that he and his men were tired and that he still is. He subsequently feigns falling asleep, secretly leaving behind his stinky sandal for Zuko to find. Um, a, lot of, a lot going on in that interaction with him and the kidnappers there. It's... Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's the the breadcrumbs they lay throughout this series for Iroh. These so writers good. are so amazing because, again, this is gonna this is something that's gonna come into play near the end of the next season, mm -hmm. and you wonder if this is something that they intended or not. But the idea that Iroh knows how to play the lazy, kind of doofy, tired, mm -hmm. out of shape, you know, old hag who's not really capable of anything anymore mm -hmm. as a way to lower his captors, you know, guard mm -hmm. and be able to use that to his advantage. It's Definitely. just, you know, he's, he's faking that laziness. He's able to drop the sandal. He's just, it's really, it's cool. And, and you some people forget just how powerful he is and he's so good at not betraying that at all. I think he'd be amazing at poker. Oh yeah. I think oh. I, I would hate also, to play him in poker or um, or a game of Pai Zhao, whatever the case yeah. may be, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's also a contrast there in terms of how aggressive we know the Fire Nation to be and seeing that Iroh's response isn't to, you know, try to necessarily fight back and be super aggressive, but instead is doing different strategies and showing that he has a lot more of a... Um, he, he he's a lot smarter and very intellectual in terms of how to um, navigate these different situations. And it's not just like, oh, I'm going to burn everything down all the time. Definitely. Um, yeah. Just uh, very cool how, um, you know, you can tell by the, the landslide, uh, not, you know, kind of being forced out of nowhere that it was yeah. clearly an earthbender kidnapping. And, and from yeah. that, he, Zuko is able to deduce that it's the, uh, Oh, they, where would they take him if they kidnapped him? Ba Sing Se, because that is the big right. major Earth uh, Kingdom city. Um, it's also, a, you know, and then I touched upon it, but the fact that he had laid 
that he was this great general. We, we, we hear why he was yeah. a great general. See, yeah. laid siege to the great city for 600 days. 600 days. Yeah, could you imagine? Uh, it's almost two years. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, you just, uh, I don't know. Like, like it, it says a lot about um, his uh, strength. Also, the fact that he knew when to call it quits. And uh, the tenacity of the Earth Kingdom people living in that city. That they, I was that tired. They keep going. Yeah. So My I, men I, were tired. I'm not really, so, and you guys, I, I have a question, which is, um, is, is that, I don't know if that's considered a defeat or a retreat, but is that part of why Iroh is with Zuko and is he kind of shunned from the, the good graces of, um, or I don't, I'm asking, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I believe it is. Uh, we will get into it. Certainly, um, I mean, it was why he uh, was maybe sidestepped for the throne after being, you know, having this great military career. But uh, I think we'll we find, find out more. Yeah, we yeah. find more. But we also, I think that he he saw something in Zuko and wanted to make sure that, you know, he knew that Zuko was still very young and had a lot to learn about things. And it would be foolish to let him go off on his own. And knowing, well, knowing what we know about his family, it makes a lot of sense for him to want to go with Zuko and guide him. Mm -hmm. and, um, I think, uh, I think that, oh, it also just brings the kind of the balance of this Zuko and how he, um, how we were saying Iroh exercises his firepower and how it can go, you know, destroy or hot tub, like relax. And mm -hmm. how Zuko's kind of at that, you know, developing age where Iroh can help guide him towards using his fire powers in a different way mm -hmm. right yeah um i gotta say another thing um just the leaving behind of the sandal it's uh we, we talk about breadcrumbs but what a literal breadcrumb to give for uh zuko to find and clearly, don't want to bite that yeah um you know it's the sort of thing uh obviously he's he's known for his uh uh, I don't know, maybe laziness isn't the right word, but certainly something that would, uh, the stench was unique enough that Zuko was able to uh, follow him. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's some good thing we got there. All right. Um, meanwhile, Aang, he's in the spirit world. He doesn't know what's going on. He's trying to find his way. All of a sudden he's confronted by a dragon coming at him at full speed. And Aang later finds out that it turns out to be Avatar Roku's dragon named Fang. Uh, the dragon takes Aang to a, a temple on a crescent-shaped island to see Avatar Roku's statue. Aang finds out that Avatar Roku wants to speak to him about a comet, and the only time they can talk is during the winter solstice. Uh, so yeah, how about the fact that, uh, you know, Aang is not really fully versed in the spirit world, but uh, the, the spirit world needs to talk to Aang. Like, 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 there could be no more delay. It's, it's so, you know, I, I'm just thinking about this from Brian and Mike's perspective. It's probably so exciting to think about and, and the urge to just jump right into the spirit world and everything about it and being able to take a step back and just let out these little pieces and these, these huge revelations without giving away, you know, yes, Aang's in the spirit world, but we only see him in the real world. Like we know that he's like, we see his spirit form, 
right. um, because he's meditating. But we don't actually see the spirit world. Like it's just these little hints here and there. And just knowing that there's so much more to learn and, and just this little piecemeal is great setting mm -hmm. us up for what's going to happen in part great. two. And I don't know if you covered what happens with him flying in Iroh or is that later? It'll be a little later. All right. Uh, so, but uh, just uh, the fact that, okay, already um, there's talk of this comet, this, the, the greatest of the great arcs of this, uh, great saga that is Avatar The Last Airbender is already being uh, laid out piece by piece absolutely perfectly. So uh, oh, yeah, indeed, Aang, you do need to go to talk to Roku during the winter solstice. Uh, so Aang's journey with Fang is now spotted by Iroh, who uses the chance to trick the captors by asking them to tighten his chains. It's so jangly. Uh, the captain has <laughs> one of the soldiers tighten the chains while Iroh stealthily snorts onto the cuffs. He snorts heat onto them. When the soldiers touch the cuffs, he burns their hands and they scream in agony. Iroh quickly makes a bold but ultimately failed attempt for freedom. After he is caught, the soldiers debate amongst themselves what they should do. And uh, yeah, you were talking about um, how Iroh is able to sense something of the spirit world. What a wise, wise young bender that Iroh is. Um, again, it's, it's, that, it's those breadcrumbs of we're going to learn so much more about Iroh. And, you know, yes, there's, there is the general idea that simple wisdom and self-control and understanding can change a person from being a destructive firebender to a um, effective firebender who also uses it for not destruction, but to, to help create and, and build. But that there's more to Iroh. He's not a normal firebender. He's not a normal citizen of any nation. He's got, you know, you, you'd think the only people who could see anything in the spirit world would be the avatar. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that, Iroh has some connection that nobody else has to, to the spirit world means that there's so much more to Iroh's story that we don't know, but we can definitely tell that it helps. It's, it's certainly a big part of why he's able to be as relaxed and, you know, effective as he is um, and not just always so quick to aggression. Definitely. Um, you know, we say the word relaxed or lazy a bunch when talking about Iroh um, how about the word meditatious? Because it takes mm -hmm. a certain uh, a calm, yeah. uh, spirituality. Yeah. That, yeah. That, all, that, that is part of why I think he's able to channel the spirit world uh, more than any other bender we've met. And I, I think something, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before, is he is a very, very powerful bender. Yes. And he doesn't go around, like you wouldn't know from looking at him. And it's that silent type of power that he has and and the peace he has with it and you know how powerful he is versus somebody like Zuko who's trying to prove himself and is go going to be like I have I'm so powerful and trying to shout that you know to the world and, and show them how how powerful he is whereas um Uncle Iroh is really showing you don't you know when you have it you you have it you don't need to to convince other people you have it yeah I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the comparison I made. Um, I don't even know if it was here or just, just that I thought. Zuko and Iroh became Korra um, 
and oh my god i'm blinking why am i doing this now um because i mean zuko cora is basically zuko mm. in that series yes she has um, an aggressive i gotta do it now kind of yeah and uh and and needs to learn the ways um wanting to prove themselves right yeah. and uh god this is gonna drive me crazy what was Aang's son's name in Korra? Oh Tenzin? my god! Thank you, Tenzin. <laughs> Tenzin is Iroh, basically. Yes. Uh, um, no, it's true. We the, wow. the leader, uh, Iroh, the, the Iroh, the Tenzins of the world, um, are are needed. We people need mental health. It's not just aggression and uh, anger that uh, that that brings balance to the world. Absolutely. Well, well yeah. Oh, go ahead. I think also what's interesting is, um, shoot, I kind I lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, go ahead, Jeff. Let me, I'll try to think of what I was saying. Um, yeah, same here. Go ahead, John. Well, um, I'm going <laughs> to carry on with this story. Feel free to jump in with that anytime because the dragon in the spirit world takes Aang back to his body and there Aang learns why the spirit is terrorizing the village. The spirit was distraught over the destruction of its home, the forest. Aang returns to the village, much to the relief of Katara. He reports that while he has not found Sokka, he is now ready to face the spirit. Uh, and I think that's a, a very good, uh, you know, uh, like, like the spirit is the spirit of the forest. If you destroy, if you torch the forest, uh, you're not just doing the physical harm to the world. There is a, an emotional toll, uh, a psychological toll on the people. And this is kind of what this spirit is embodying or spiriting, if you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was just, I, I hate to go back, but I did sure. remember the Iroh breadcrumb. Um, another thing that we heard about in his conversation with those Fire Nation soldiers for the first time, you know, they talk about how he could never break into Bossing Say, And he said, you know, I'm not, I have great respect for Bossing Say. Mm -hmm. I have great respect for that city and for the Earth Kingdom. And it's the first time we've ever heard a firebender speak kindly and with respect of another nation. Sure. And the fact that Iroh doesn't view everybody else as an adversary or an enemy, but as a, 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 a different culture than his that he could still learn from, I think is another great breadcrumb that we'll learn more about later on as to why he's as spiritually enlightened as he is yeah, and why he's as powerful as he is. Um, that, oh, I, I was also going to say, I think Iroh, a lot of, you know, the Zuko, Aang, Katara, they're kids. And Iroh's kind of, I think, a stable um, adult figure, consistent adult figure that we see with Zuko. And I think we it's easy to dismiss him as just, oh my God, the you know, uncle who just kind of eats and sleeps. And um, I think real, realizing he has all this knowledge and life experience and th the way he acts isn't because he's lazier. He just has a different understanding. He can go to the spirit world and be connected to it. And how um, I think, you know, he lets Zuko still make his own choices and he doesn't really boss Zuko around at all, even though I think in his, he, he has a lot of that knowledge and insight uh, to help lead Zuko, but he kind of lets Zuko figure it out on his own. Definitely. And, 
Um, and, uh, and I mean, we kind of uh, jump, I don't know, we, we touched on this, Amber. I think you were talking about how uh, Iroh might be shunned. And like, you know, of course he's not a, you know, a, a big imperialist cock like Ozai. Um, but uh, you don't always have to be to be a successful general. All right. There, there is a lot to be said for um, surrounding and sieging the village and forcing it to surrender. The, the, the fact is, you don't always want to kill the other side. There's a lot to be said for his uh, uh, crafty militarism instead of just being aggressive and attacking without any sort of uh, idea other than enforcing your will on the people. So, uh, yes. very, you know. Iro, give him his own series. That's that's what, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I would love to watch that. Tell me about it. All right. Elsewhere, uh, the Earthbenders quickly decide to crush Iro's hands by dropping a large rock on them. Uh, just before the punishment is to be inflicted, Zuko appears out of the side, kicks that rock aside. He subsequently lifts his leg and breaks the chains. Yes, flawless technique. Uh, and then Iroh is freed from his chains, uh, and to which Iroh praises, excellent form, Prince Zuko. I'm, I'm, I'm on my Iroh voice today. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Zuko smiles and replies, you taught me well. Okay. Uh, Iroh and Zuko <laughs> defeat the soldiers without much difficulty. After the fight, Zuko exclaims, now would you please put on some clothes? A little callback to the hot tub incident. Uh, yeah. Flawless. Just fucking, I mean, hmm. Uh, a great way to get the uh, Zuko and Iroh back together. Obviously, he wasn't going to be in uh, Change the whole episode. And uh, a great way to call it back and to show that Zuko is learning patience. His form is developing as we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and like you were saying, you know, about a smart general knowing his surroundings, knowing his enemy, knowing his chances, and knowing the best strategy... Iroh knew the only way he'd really get out of that is by teaming up with Zuko. Mm-hmm. And, you know, originally, or, or I mean, initially the Earth Kingdom tries, you know, fear tactics and scare tactics and we have you outnumbered. And what's the point? And, mm-hmm. you know, he's saying we may be outnumbered, but you're outmatched. And uh, he knows how capable he and Zuko are. He's never did anything the entire time he was their prisoner to reveal that, if anything, the fact that he's now known for the guy who laid siege for 600 days and then left, people probably think he's just some failed military expert who isn't as good as everyone thought he was. And maybe the Dragon of the West nickname was blown out of proportion. But he, you know, and and he doesn't reveal anything until it's time to act. And when he does, it's great. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know if it was blown out of proportion. I think we will... uh... Well, time will tell you know, uh, if the proportions were on point or a little uh, exaggerated. Um, all right, closing us out. Uh, last part of this app at sunset, back with Aang. Uh, Aang shows the spirit that the forest will grow back by giving him an acorn. It is uh, and satisfied. The spirit, which turns into a bear, departs from the village, leaving in its trail a few bamboo stalks from which the captured villagers and Sokka emerge. Aang subsequently tells Katara and Sokka that he needs to go to the temple, which is located in the Fire Nation, to speak with Avatar Roku by sunset tomorrow, the day of the winter solstice. Um, Baba, what a cliffhanger. Lots to, obviously, mm-hmm. this is part one of uh, the winter solstice two-parter. 
But uh, let, let's break that up. How about the fact that uh, Aang is giving the spirit an acorn? It was Katara's wisdom of hope and rebirth that uh, satisfies this spirit. Well, we forget that Aang is... Oh, uh, I, I was just going to say... Um, we forget that Aang is responsible for two worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, he's responsible for a balance. And not only is it his responsibility to save the physical world from the fire nation, but it's his responsibility to restore the spirit world and re- and, and, and restore the balance between the two. Um, and this is kind of helping us jump into that. I think um, something else I really enjoyed about that is um, just connecting it to our current events and where the world is now. I think there is a very black and white almost thinking um, in terms of, you're the enemy and I, you know, this is my side, this is your side, this monster is destroying, you know, doing what X, Y, Z, and he's a threat to us. And instead of responding to that by being like, okay, well then you're our enemy and I need to destroy you, going at it from a, 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 a trying to understand and, and, you know, letting the monster or sp- spirit know, I understand your pain. And that's really what is causing the monster I'm sorry, monster, I don't know if that's the correct term, but that's what's causing him to act out and to destroy. There is hurt and there's pain there. And instead of, um, you know, just ignoring that and looking instead at the, you know, bad actions, instead it's trying to understand. And I think that's what really, I think once he did that and acknowledged the pain, the monster's energy just changed and was like, okay, like, you, you, you know, like, thank you for seeing me for more than just, it's not so black and white, right? And, and giving that sense of calm and peace. And I think we could learn something from that in terms of trying to understand people that we um, have different beliefs or thoughts and that we think we're against because we, you know, have different ideas and um, trying a different approach in terms of not butting heads and instead trying to create a dialogue and understanding and uh, compassion and what that can lead to. Yeah, absolutely. Healing. That's what it leads to. And yeah. What, what better visualization of that than uh, when the, you know, spirit now turned bear, panda bear uh, departs from the village and you see in his trail, the bamboo and all the captured villagers and Sokka emerging from it. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you, you can sense the healing and you actually see the regrowth of some of the uh, scorched earth there. It's beautiful. And, it's it's the thorn in the lion's paw mm-hmm, theory, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and something else that struck me, um, and I think, I don't know if this was maybe part of, partly a little bit earlier before Sokka got captured, but um, I remember the villagers saying, only the Avatar can save us from this. Right. And, you know, Aang goes, and I remember Sokka at one point was like, he needs help and I'm going in there. And just like Aang, who just went for it, Sokka, who doesn't have any bending powers Mm -hmm. and is a normal human, feels, you know what, I want to help my friend. And he doesn't let that, you know, his lack of powers or anything stop him and goes in and tries to help. And I think that's another great lesson and principle for people um, to pick up is the villagers just are like, you know what, we kind of throw up their hands and just, okay, we're leaving it to this person to take care of this problem. Whereas Sokka says, you know what, this is a problem that the Avatar, you know, has special, um, whatever, skills to take care of. But 
as a regular person, I, I can also help and be involved. And I have some personal um, responsibility and ability to contribute. Definitely. Um, and so, um, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was going to say two things. One, just going back to loving on Iroh, mm. there's a move in that fight where he takes the rock in a chain that were tied to him and he spins yeah. it around and uses it. There was no fire bending involved in that. Okay, so I don't care how big or whatever he looks. Uncle Iroh is freaking jacked. So let's just give credit where it's due. He is skilled ripped. in martial arts. He's a strong and dude. He is Yeah. Um but also that that it's funny because I'm now realizing I don't know if it was a creative choice or what, but I loved in this episode how they showed that you know, the angry spirit, you know, it went from this kind of J.J. Abrams face mouth monster to like this adorable bear. Um, and I wonder why in Korra, I don't know if they just forgot or decided to change the rules, but in The Legend of Korra, whenever a spirit was kind of turned bad, it morphed into this weird like purple thing that just was like super evil and angry, but it wasn't like, this was a much better depiction of a monster turning back into a calm creature. Mm-hmm. And then in Korra, they just turned it into this weird, like, well, they are nice, and they just turn into angry purple things. It's, uh, and well, I, was, I was almost more wondering, intricate. Why did they forget? Yeah. I'm wondering if it's like, um, kind of, you know, this is an individual, um, hey, by right? His individual monster. And seeing that individuals, if we, if we recognize them as people, or not people, but, you know, we recognize them and, um, they can change, but then it's like almost like once all that anger and that bad energy, once it kind of flows together with or meets up with other bad energy, it creates this bigger, like almost like a mob sort of bigger force that it just kind of gets jumbled up into like one big thing instead of seeing individually, okay, this guy's mad because the forest burned down or this guy's, you know. True. The world is hurting. It needs the Avatar. Where Avatar, you are uh, slowly but surely fulfilling your destiny here. And, uh, of course, the next step in his destiny is to go to the temple and speak with Avatar Roku by sunset tomorrow, and the day of the solstice, whenever, when the spirit world and earth world are more connected than ever before. Um, but it's in the Fire Nation. Thank you. Yeah, I mean on that note, the episode ends. What 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 a better yeah. cliffhanger, what a better way to set up a second part to this uh amazing winter solstice two-parter. Yeah, I found myself very um inspired by the the actions of these um these kids like Aang and Sokka. And it also reminds me about uh Katara when she got imprisoned with the earth um prisoners mm-hmm. earth bending prisoners and how they were had like a learned helplessness and and yes. she kind of gave them that like look you guys do have the power and you can make a change and you can do something and just how these normal people might forget how much power they actually do have and um to me that's a really nice general theme and message throughout the show is just how how much power individuals have even kids to help you know shape the world around them 
and That's inspire right. others who might have lost their inspiration. For sure. It and, also, uh, yeah. I was going to say, it also does a really good job of showing the value of people of different backgrounds um, integrating with each mm -hmm. other. You know, for a hundred years, the Fire Nation has had the world under fire, um, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. And uh, people have become very stagnant and hopeless in this space, and they've been very isolated as well. You know, the waterbenders stick to their tribes, the earth benders stick to the earth nation, airbenders, that's just really sad. Um, but basically they're all kind of stuck to their own devices and it's amazing how in that, you know, it is also a good parallel to this pandemic we're in when we're all kind of stuck at home and where, you know, unfortunately when you're faced with kind of the same repetition day after day, you can start to feel a little bit worried and the importance of, you know, talking to a friend you haven't spoken to in a while or hearing a new perspective or anything like that, just a fresh, a fresh point of view or just a fresh voice can really help shake people out of hopeless apathy. Yes. Um, you know, it took a water nation girl that nobody had heard of coming to a prison to, to wake these guys up. It took the avatar who'd been frozen to show up at these different locations. You know, it's, it's always people from a different nation coming and telling you, why there's reason to hope and why there's reason to be excited about yourself and not to give up that it's also a great lesson in, you know, kind of immigrants bringing what they, you know, the value they bring to new lands and things like that. It's just open-mindedness and, and compassion of all people. And, uh, and peace on earth. And good. I mean, like, listen, um, yeah. absolutely right. And, and I think, um, more than anything, the Avatar is a global citizen, more than, mm -hmm. he, you know, yeah. goes beyond his allegiances, allegiance That's to the Earth Nomads. And, uh, and you have to be to make the world a better place. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to end up uh, being uh, brainwashed like the children at the Fire Nation school. That's, that's something else that um, I totally agree with is these are very universal principles of good and bad. And again, Aang is a child. He doesn't have, um, he doesn't really know what tyranny is or um, these different concepts. He's not making these decisions based on politics or um, all these other things. He's really looking at it from the point of view of a child who, you know, has an understanding of this is, this is good, this is not good. And being able to go into all these different, you know, communities and places and spread that same basic message to spread you know and help the community and society definitely and I, i'm reminded of this book um I, it had a cute title like everything i need to know i i learned in kindergarten, learned in kindergarten. Yeah. yeah all right I love that uh, book. absolutely and like dude uh, yeah like life is easy all right work hard be nice to people make the world a better place and when we just complicate it uh it takes a child to remind us that, no, uh, we, we know what we need to do. And uh, think like a kindergartner. Be, be the ang inside you. We, we all have a little ang inside us. That, that's my message of hope at this time. There's, there's something to be said about the value of unbroken, of, of the wisdom of unbroken, unjaded innocence. Yeah. You know, before a kid realizes that there's bad in the world, they just see things as how can this be a good thing? Mm -hmm. And even if it's a bad scenario, 
how could this become a good scenario and why is it bad? Yes. You know, and things like that. that uh, are, uh, and luckily, Katara is there as well to, to yes. inspire the message whenever he gets bummed out, uh, keeping us alive, keeping hope alive, keeping this world going. Absolutely. Um, on that awesome note of positivity, uh, we wrap up this episode of uh, Boys in the Iceberg. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Jeff, any uh, final closing thoughts? I am so excited to talk about the next episode. Yeah. Uh, I love that we saw Fang, and I can't wait to get to know uh, Roku a little bit more and see yes. some uh, some more important, you know, like we said, we're done with the fillers, and this is mm-hmm. some serious world building we're about to get, and we're in for a treat. 100%. Amber Lou, uh, closing thoughts. Uh, I am just so impressed with the creators and writers of this show and just watching it, the depth of these different um, principles and lessons about life. And it's a kid's show, you know, on Nick. And it's it's really uh, taking on these very mature and um, timeless sort of issues and putting it into an easy easily understandable and um very like insightful fun way and i just i i think it's beautiful i think it's brilliant absolutely beautiful um follow up jeff you had some i I just have one more thing on uh, touching on what amber said um i think that another reason why a it was so big here when it first aired but why it's also resonating so much more um now that it's you know, streaming again on Netflix is, you know, animated shows like this for animated shows for kids, especially in the West have always been about kind of one note characters. They may have some subtlety, but it's mostly just entertaining people. Or if it's an adult cartoon, it's being kind of raunchy. Um, People who are familiar with anime understand that there are very, very complex issues dealt with this in, in, in animated series, but people in the West, unless you're really into anime, hadn't seen that. And it's just great that Mike and Brian took a lot of those great principles from anime and made a Western anime so that, you know, American viewers and people here can kind of see how this, you know, other countries have realized this for a while, but now Americans are finally seeing kind of what what Amber's talking about, how you can have these nuanced characters even in a kid's show. It doesn't matter because... You can have, you know, you can have a great story. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, I don't want to say patronizing, but you don't have to like dumb it down, so to speak. Kids get serious topics and we should have more faith in them to, to appreciate that. Definitely. I, yes, Amber. I think as we get older and the world seems more complicated and there's so many different things going on and I think it's like going back to, these are very basic principles. Like what you said, everything I, I learned it in kindergarten and True. that's, you know. The world complicates it, but we know we know what's right. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll touch on this last thing: just the 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 spirit world and uh, how important it is to the uh, Avatar verse. And uh, you know, the fact that it is winter solstice is key. I know that when the solstice approaches, the natural and spirit world are closer than all other times. So uh, uh, the great, the great, the the how the. Blah. Now is the time to learn Aang and uh, tune in to the next episode, Winter Solstice Part 2, Avatar Roku. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Thank you, Kevin Amber, and uh, good night, everyone.
Bye. Good night. Uh, Flaming, no hopping. <laughs>